Bing bong. This is your captain speaking. We're at 3,500 feet, and it's time to uh, ask you the most important question that we ask on every flight on this airline. Have you seen Up in the Air? Let's talk about it. Running foxes, kill our food. It's futuristic, like Carnegie the Magnuson. Rewind your VCR, rewind your cassette. Yeah, it had it going on. Hey, it had it going on. Speaking of... Uh, I did like that movie. I like that movie a lot. Uh, speaking of G-Cloons. G-Cloons. Dang, G-cloons. I hear birds. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Me too. Fun. It's fun. You can hear... Uh, you'll have to come up with an in-fiction reason for why we're outside in a in, field. In-fiction. <laughs> in this audio drama of a yeah. podcast yeah. That, we're, that we're making. Oh, my God. Yeah, I suppose we should uh, probably get into it, huh? Let's do it. So we watched... Uh, Solaris. <laughs> yeah, we watched Solaris and, and Syriana. Oh, yeah. The mashup. Yeah. And <laughs> the crossover Sirianus. that everyone's been waiting for. Syrianas. <laughs> the fantastic Mr. Syrianas. <laughs> it was all claymation. Yeah. If they just remade, if they just remade <laughs> Solaris. Dude, in claymation, that would be awesome. I'd watch it. I never I watched Solaris. I honestly really like both of those movies. I what like was? the Tarkovsky one, and I like... Uh, the, the was it Soderbergh? That, sure, I don't know. I don't who know made it because at that point I didn't know who were making movies. I just watched it and I was right. like, "This is philosophy, fun. <laughs> this is this is Felicity, fun." Yeah. <laughs> mm, Carrie Russell's here. Ooh. Oh, Carrie Russell! Shout out to Asia Americans. Yeah, she's been she's yeah. almost caught up. Holy shit! Yeah, uh, which is to say she's she's almost like, to the last season. Which right, I guess which, caught up would be at this point finished with it because yeah, the season, series up. finale already ran, right. but. But that was like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Uh, welcome to Contextual Deviance. My name is Christian Hagen. Uh, each episode, we discuss a particular piece of popular culture, art, in this case, movies, uh, in our mission to prove that we can talk about any movie anyway. Uh, joining me, as always, on this quest for knowledge and the, the righteousness of, of man... And the world is my good friend and co-host, Mr. David Gutchy. And the world. And the world. Uh, thank you for introducing me, Christian. Yeah. I uh, I learned something about myself yet last night, and that's that I like banana flavoring more than I like bananas. Uh, so I'm sorry to everyone out there. You can stop listening. It's fine. Yeah, I... I, I just I need to issue a formal apology. Um, I've featured David on this show pretty much throughout the whole run. Uh, I, I never personally experienced any of the uh, any of the things he has since, since that have since come to light about him. Uh, and I apologize for bringing him back on. Uh, mostly I'm, I'm, I'm asking him to answer for his crimes mm-hmm. basically it's you know i understand that it's hard david, to shake david, up the status david, quo yes. i'm not done with my apology oh, uh, <laughs> stop interrupting stop. my apology <laughs> i'm apologizing for you for you uh 
yeah, no, banana flavoring is among the worst thing that's ever happened to culinary science. Yeah, that can, that shit can fuck up my mouth. I love it. Oh, man. Wow. All right. Well, we'll try to power through. Yeah. Uh, so if you've never listened to the show before, hi. Um, we, uh, talk about a particular movie that we choose in advance and then we review it through a series of, well, we discuss it. We don't review it It, it, through a series of critical lenses that we do not select in advance. These are selected for us at random in show by our contextual computer. So this week we are continuing our practice of, uh, sort of broadening the horizons of this show just to prove that this format, this, this sort of context analysis contextual critical framework can work for just about anything uh and we are discussing uh, a different kind of movie for us uh this is the uh what year was this 2011 nine 2009 uh dramedy by jason reitman starring george clooney up in the air uh academy award nominated film uh about a middle-aged man who is uh who fires people for a living Mm. And has to confront his own sort of midlife crisis mixed with this, uh, sort of commentary on the financial crisis that was going on at yeah, the time. Definitely. And I, uh, I was surprised by by that sort of stuff. I, I forgot that that was there and yeah. that that's what the world was like in 2008, 2009. Like, right. The movie's got the movie's got layers. It's not just about that. A lot of parallels that I think are really totally. that I think are really uh, striking. Uh, and. Uh, also, the film that introduced us to Anna Kendrick. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it this was like, her, I, I don't know if it was her first role? role, but it was her first big one. And she, nice. I believe, received a nomination for supporting actress for it. She did well. Uh, yeah. So very, she very, um, it is a very exciting, well, a very interesting movie with a lot, exciting. a lot to talk about. David, do you want to get into the context? I or did you have anything there. you wanted to say about the movie? <laughs> That's all. I think... Uh, I'll I'll save my my little bit, my, my nugget for oh. for our mid show. You got a nugget <laughs> show break. I got a nug. I'll I got a to, dank nug. I'll try to remember to highlight your dank nugs. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Spotlight my dank nugs. Spotlight. Hey. Sequel to Spotlight. It's a drug dealing movie. You know, I think Spotlight's on. It is on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, we should do Spotlight. But then again, we did learn our lesson with Zodiac that true stories are really hard to That's do. That's true. <laughs> but there are just there are more characters in Spotlight. That's true. At least that problem with Zodiac <laughs> is that there is a character pretty much. No, and there's then like a couple, four yeah, characters, but like, but it's mostly Jakey Jills. Man, that was tough. Uh, yeah, okay, was enough, though. enough, enough. Focusing on the past, let's talk about this movie from 2009. <laughs> Computer, have you got your first context for us? Yes, I'm just kidding. Uh, here it is. What is the true meaning of Christmas according to this movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. This is, I think, a good movie to do this yeah, one for, too. I, I feel like it's got a lot of warmth to it, a lot of family hearth themes. Yes, which absolutely. Is, which is key. Uh, so in the film, uh, George Clooney's character, Ryan Bingham, is uh, is a lone wolf sort of character. He, yeah. he, he works and travels on the road. Pretty much his character is defined by his... Uh, transients, tr- transients? Mm, is that the right word? Transients, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a shark. Yeah, <laughs> yes. He has to keep swimming, or <laughs> he'll keep die. swimming, or he'll die. Um, he's got to he, get those ten million miles. Yeah, the ten million miles. Yeah, that's an interesting. Fe- Although I will say, the thing with the ten million miles is, my question is, is it him flying ten million miles, or is it him no, it's earning, him earning 10, million. ten million miles? Because so that's not actually that impressive. That just no. means he uses his credit card a lot. Correct. Because when they buy dinner. She says, like, oh, dang, $40. Like, right. that's a lot of money. And he's like, 
I don't do anything unless it contributes to my miles and this does. And so that's why I bought this nice dinner. Right. And I was like, Oh, it's not that he's flown 10 million. Right. It's It's ostensibly possible that he has 10 million frequent flyer miles. Exactly. It's ostensibly possible that he has never flown before. Now that would be an achievement. (laughs) Oh my God. Sequel slash prequel slash in universe anthology edition down on the ground (laughs) (laughs) well like no but i feel like it would be it would be easier to rack up miles if you're not mm -hmm. flying because then you're using your miles to fly so but he probably doesn't use his miles to fly he probably probably expenses yeah but but like yeah anyway (laughs) anyway that was a new show of how he gets his 10 million miles (sighs) sorry not sorry we're not doing the nitpicky realism not yet we're doing what is the true meaning of christmas according to up in the air what is the true meaning um christmas is mentioned multiple times that's because true. he does, uh, he was not home for it many, many times yep. uh, because he's traveling. You know, he was home for 60 days a year, I think, or 40, uh, 47, I think, or something like that. He yeah. was on the road for like 322 and mm-hmm. was home for 47 or something yeah, like that. Some, I don't some, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Something math related. Something math. I um, don't know. And then, yeah. And Anna Kendrick, uh, when they, when she introduces the new program of firing people via Skype, basically. Right. Uh, she talks about how, you know, no more missing Christmases to be on the road, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And and so I think the argument that the film, well, I guess it depends on how we define the ending. Because the ending is somewhat ambiguous mm-hmm. as far as he is put back out on the road. Uh, right. His job, you know, can it goes back to the way it was originally set up where he's, mm-hmm. you know, out and about. Uh, and Anna Kendrick has left the company. So in that right. sense, her vision of what the ideal version of that company has failed. Um, right. So the film could be arguing multiple interpretations of whether or not Anna Kendrick was right that the true meaning of Christmas uh. is staying home and being with your family or whether it's ambiguous uh, mm-hmm. about that particular point. So I, I think the ending is going to be important. But, yeah. but, but you know. I think it. I think it leans pretty heavily on the family message. Yeah, I think so. I think no matter what, even if uh, even if perhaps Ryan Bingham does continue to be a lone shark in the grand ocean of American Airlines, maybe he still was changed. Like I, he was ready. Yeah. To like, he went to Alex's house and he was like, "I, I'm like into this." Yep. And then that all fell apart. And so then he was sort of like pushed back into his own isolation. But he was ready to cave and he was ready to admit that family could be important. Yeah. And that it would feel good to come home for Christmas. So is it arguing that maybe that he like missed the boat? Yeah. Like, which I think is so. It's fucking depressing. Super depressing. Yeah. But I think I think that's the only possibility because he definitely wasn't just like letting himself slip or something. Right. He was into it. And he like got he he actually felt good about a lot of the things that he was doing with his family and the wedding, and he felt yeah. a little bit uh, sad when he wasn't included in that sort of stuff. Well, and he gifted about like, a million miles to his sister. Yeah, and her, yeah, and exactly. Husband, There's so like actual plot point evidence is not just like speculation about what he was feeling. It's like right. he started to give more. Yeah. As a response to oh, I haven't been. To, he he was a Grinch for a long time, and then he was like oh, never mind. Here's all your presents back. Sort of. Exactly. Well, and then he, you know, they they do those, the bookend the film with interviews with people being fired. At the start, you're seeing them like upset, convinced that they won't be able to survive this, that, you know, their family won't be able to look at them the same way, that they're going to have all these problems. And then at the end, you see them say how they got through it because of their family, you know. 
that uh, money's great, but it doesn't keep you warm. Like the warmth of yeah, my husband. Oh, that one, oh, was, that one was amazing. It was sweet, but it was also very uncomfortable <laughs> the way she was describing it. I don't know. Something about that line delivery yeah. weirded me out. There's nothing quite as warm as having my husband fuck me. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, it was pretty well, intimate. Yeah. You, <laughs> you went right. You went right for the text of that one. Yeah. Um. So that. That I think is the movie's ultimate point. Yeah, I think so. If if it, if we were going for the true meaning of Christmas, it is that family is more important than you know your work. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think you, I think the the honeymoon not being able to happen, I think, is the best microcosm of what this movie thinks the true meaning of Christmas is. That uh, Jim and Julie, I believe, are the characters' names. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Yep, Jim um, and Julie. Uh, his sister and Jim, Danny McBride, Danny McBride, who is out of his, place in this movie, in his but, most yeah. dramatic yeah. and also yeah. weirdest film role. It was a pretty, yeah, but he did read the Velotine Rabbit, so that was fun. Um, I that that joke <laughs> oh, that so killed good. me. I yeah, love that. That's very good. Um, so the uh, they want to go on a honeymoon, but they're like, ah, oh, finances are too tight. He's got all his money tied up in this real estate thing, uh, and so we just decided to get all of our family members to go places for us and take pictures of a little cardboard cutout of us being there. And that, that is like the idea of saying, well, we can't have a fancy Christmas, but we can still have a Christmas. Right. It's like a real, gonna, it's a real Cratchit family situation. Right. Yeah. God bless us. Everyone yeah. sort of deal. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think that's like, that's the heart of what this movie thinks about family gatherings and Christmas is a family gathering. So. Right. I yeah, I think of the uh, of the movies you could apply this to. This one has a pretty strong yeah, familial message. It has wintry scenes. It has a lot about um you know, about business versus personal life. Mm-hmm. Um also, here's a here's a fun question. Right. Uh is Sam Elliott Santa Claus? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, wait, let me in this movie. Oh, uh, I, maybe. <laughs> when I picture Santa Claus, I picture uh, uh, Richard Attenborough or Sam Elliott. Really? Yeah, Richard Attenborough from Jurassic Park. He is quite uh, the Santa Claus. Like, he's just Santa all the way. I would maybe. just go Ed Asner. Oh, yeah, I guess. Ed I mean, Asner's a pretty rad Santa, he's a, he's Santa, Santa, Santa Claus. Santa. Yeah. But I just love Richard Attenborough's giving spirit. No expense has been spared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think Sam Elliott's definitely Santa Claus, and he definitely delivers the true meaning of flying. Yeah, to, yeah. To Ryan Bingham. Well, and I mean he, that scene is very much a like sitting on Santa's lap kind of scene. Yeah. What it, What do you want? Like, now what do you that want? You've, you've finally earned your spot at the table with right. these seven other flyers. Yeah. Like exactly. now you're in the club. Tell me what you were going to tell me, and he's like, I don't. I don't know because he doesn't actually know what he wants beyond that. Right. And that's, you know, it's it's a it's in the middle of his whole existential crisis where he like walks out on a speech that he's giving at this Tony Robbins event. Yep. And uh, like is on the plane, like about to cry. And then people are like, hey, what's up? We're over Dubuque and you got a gold (laughs) card that means something. And it's just this big existential moment for him. Yeah. And then Santa shows up and is like, hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Well, and also. You could argue that the whole filling up the backpack with literally everything you own is very much a Santa Claus and his in his yeah, sack his full sack. of an infinite yeah. number of presents. Mm-hmm. And then when he empties it or when he decide when he's like trying to decide if he should empty that backpack like he's been right. saying or to like yeah. fill it with with whatever, then he meets Santa Claus who's like I'm the kind of guy who has an infinite amount of things in my backpack and I can carry it. What do you want? And then yeah. he sort of like has to reevaluate. Huh. Honestly, I think 
that that scene can be read very well as a, a like a, a petulant child meeting Santa Claus and deciding whether he should change his ways. Yeah. Well, I, I actually like the idea that this movie has something to say about uh, minimalism versus materialism as well, mm-hmm. because I think um, there there's a lot. There's a binary approach to Christmas in the way that uh, some people are like, man, fuck it. Just give all your money to charity. Like, I hate Christmas. It's a capitalist institution. It sucks. And I don't think this movie is saying that, but I also don't think this movie is saying Christmas should be a completely, it's not saying Christmas should be an empty backpack with no family and no friends, but it's also not saying Christmas should be a ton of money spent on everyone around you with a super full backpack. It's like, it's reaching the middle ground of you need to to give the things you have like yeah. he does at the end of the movie with his miles. Like, right. You have a backpack. Everybody has Sam Elliott's sack on their back <laughs> and you have to oh, decide boy. what you're going to give from it. So it's not about just emptying your sack. Right. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's not just about emptying Sam Elliott's sack on no, your back. Exactly. It's about choosing where you empty your sack. Where you empty Sam Elliott's sack. Where, excuse me. On I your back, saying, I think. On your sack on, on your back. back. Sam yeah. Elliott's sack Sam, on your back. Uh, Sam Elliott's sack on your back. <laughs> my, favorite, like a... my favorite children's book. <laughs> Sam Elliott's sack on your back. <laughs> By Theodore Geisel. <laughs> By Theodore... <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah so, not even as Dr. Seuss. No, 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 he decided to go all the way true form on that one because <laughs> it's just his passion project. Oh, man. So I think, um, I think that's... I think those are two, like one on a very, very overt level. This yeah. movie is like Christmas is about family. Spend it with your family. But also this movie has some things to say about having things and giving them to other people. Right. Because it's not just about complete minimalism. It's not like get rid of all your possessions and live strings free. But yeah. it's also not like be rich and give cars to everyone. Well, I think it's telling that when he when he does give a gift to his sister, it's mm-hmm. not it's not like a physical tangible thing. He's giving her miles, which is essentially like go out and have an experience, go out and and live in a different Mm -hmm. way. Like try something. Right. Uh, Which is what Anna Kendrick mentions earlier in the movie. She's like, if I had that many miles, I would just look and I would say, I'm going to go there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not about, it's not about things. It's about, about the, the sort of experiences, which I think, uh, I think this movie does a lot. Um, Pretty much any time there's like, it's also kind of skeptical of new technology in a way that I yes. find really annoying. And like, I don't love that thesis of the movie. Yeah, but whatever. But but at the same time, it was 2009. It does posit the 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 idea that sort of those f- personal interactions of like face to face are way more valuable than sort of like the the words the words that you're using yeah. are less important than the sort of like personalized comfort of i'm in the same room with this person totally so yeah. like having a script is fine but it's not actually getting the point across the way that it needs to be so i think um yeah i think there's a there's a there's a lot about superficiality and uh versus yeah. versus uh, authenticity yeah uh this movie has a lot saying about that some of it not great like um that whole stereotyping line which we've talked about this before but when i saw that movie in this movie in theaters um you know there was there were a lot of people of george clooney's age in the theater and when he said that line about like i stereotype it's faster yeah 
there's a dude on the other, like in the row ahead of us who laughed so loud that I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, this yeah. was not, yeah, like, the, no, that's no, not, that's a good not thing. the point. It's not a good thing at and all. Fortunately, that is not the point the movie's making either. It's, uh, it, I think this is, this is a conversation perhaps for another context, but Ryan Bingham is a pretty morally gray character. Yeah. Like he's even, even towards a good the end person. Yeah. Like he's, he's kind of an asshole in many ways that he owns. Yeah. He's like, no, nope, this is who I am. Yep, I'm not I'm not great and I'm kind of a racist, but I also care about people. And so, hey, it's me, your protagonist. Right. It's it's well, not simple. And I mean, in that in that sense, if we're going for the true meaning of Christmas, it does it does sort of posit the theory that, you know, you, you can be a morally gray person in, in your life. But when it comes to like family, when it comes to other people treating other people on an individual basis, you know, you can find the good in, in a person. You can, yeah. you can express positive, uh, positive emotional attachments without always being a, an altruistic or good person. Right. right. I, that's important to Christmas actually, because yeah. I think it's a, it's a holiday where we all kind of take a little pause and say like the people in our lives, we may not, I'd be super enthusiastic about everybody that we need to get a gift for this year. Yep. But what is good about them? How can I appreciate them? How can I write a card to them that says I care about you without lying? Right. And it's the like there's yeah. good in everybody kind right. of idea. Like, yeah. Which is a very Christmas movie sort exactly. of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, I think this movie has a lot to say about Christmas. I think it does. <laughs> I think it does. Unintentionally or, you know, it, it works. It could count as a Christmas movie. Well, no, Christmas never happens in it, so I don't think it could count as a Christmas movie. No, well, but then again, Christmas movies are so, like, <laughs> like Favorite Things was... Actually, yeah, no, true. never mind, I take it back, because that was... I, I read a really interesting article about how that was actually kind of a Christmas song before it was in Sound of Music. Oh, really? Because uh, okay. it, it is, like, wintry and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's... It's complicated, but Julie Andrews actually sang it on a Christmas special before the movie Sound of Music even came out. Um, Interesting. And it was included on like a very popular Christmas soundtrack compilation record at the time before again before uh, the sound, before of music. sound of music so that is a christmas song yeah i think huh. it was like originally written for the sound of music on broadway but then like like it was never it was never like why why is this a christmas song it's like everyone was like yeah this makes sense sure okay okay it's well, kind of interesting yeah yeah so if you if you if you're one of those people like me who was pissed who is <laughs> baffled every christmas of like why the fuck is this a christmas yeah. song it was before it was it was yeah so OG. All right. Well, uh, I feel like the Christmas spirit is telling me we should move on to another context. That's dumb. That's yeah, a that dumb was a good transition. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Don't condescend to me. <laughs> so, it's Christmas. I have to be nice. Sam Elliott's sag on your back. If a character got a spinoff, which would it be and what would it be like? Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So which character in this movie? could get a spin-off yeah i think oh, there's so many choices okay and they would so, all be like kind of different is the yeah thing. um I, they I, could be uh, there could mm. be a are we thinking first are we thinking sequel like direct sequel like up in the air to well i think this. we can we can do different options i mean like okay. there are some characters that you know i think could work parallel there's some characters that i think could work as like a prequel i think there's some characters that could be just entirely separate mm-hmm. um and i'm you know a lot of options uh first up uh a raunchy Horrible bosses style comedy with Jason Bateman's character. Yeah. Uh, Which he was also in. He was also in Horrible so Bosses. That would work uh, well. And he is a horrible boss he in this is. movie. Oh, God. He's so gross. He is gross. Ugh. But he's 
weirdly good at that. Oh yeah, is the problem he's with Jason very good Bateman. At that. It's he's... like it's one of those things where you say about people once they've sort of been like outed as problematic or abusive or something, you're like, yeah, they did always play that character and right. things, and I feel like that's that's kind of going to be the reality with Jason Bateman. Like, yep. He just plays a skeezy guy too often and too well to yeah. not be a real life skeezy guy. To, to not have at least some part of that in himself. Mm-hmm. So I think, but I think like a, yeah, like a raunchy cynical yeah. office comedy with him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, especially you can keep him working at that place where they fire people. I yeah. feel like there there's are lots prob- of comedy to be had there. Exactly. I think, I think this movie takes a very sympathetic approach to that situation but I bet you there's probably another version of this movie yeah. where it follows him around and it's way less sympathetic. It's yeah. way more. Oh, yeah. It's way more uh, just like cruel and played for jokes. There are plenty of those firing sequences that are played for jokes. Yeah. Like the montage at the beginning, half of those are like jokes. I, the My favorite joke in the movie is the dude. It's like 10 seconds into the movie where he says, you know, they say that being fired is like a death in the family. But I feel like the people here are my family. And I died. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man. And the way he delivers it is so good. It's so, so dry. He, yeah, exactly. And it's you so can sincere. totally, like, that man is broken. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm dead. Yeah. And I think you could do a lot more of that in the Jason Bateman comedy up in the air. Right. Uh, and I think it could certainly work. Yeah. I don't think it would be a movie that I would be very excited about no, watching. No, 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 no. But no. it could definitely <laughs> work. And it could be, it could have the same moral is the thing about it. Mm-hmm. It could totally have a moral about like, no, you got to be in the room with your family and the technology will never come first. And, you know, yeah. it's all about human connection because comedies always have a dumb moral that they shoehorn in in the last 20 minutes, especially ones with Jason Bateman in them. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm into that. I think, yeah, I think that would be fun. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think it, you could do another serious movie with Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, you could do one with uh, with her character. What's her, what's her character's name? So if we're going to talk about it. It, it. I got it. It's Natalie Keener. Yes. Which is, in my fiction... The daughter of Catherine Keener. <laughs> same, uh, because same, I love same, 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 Keener. same, 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 same. Uh, I wish Catherine Keener was in this movie, actually. She, if they did a spinoff movie about Anna Kendrick's character, oh, they could cast Catherine yes. Keener as her mom. It'd be oh great. Oh, my God. Perfect. So, and because the the movie, this movie, is uh, about, you know, it's uh, Ryan Bingham being appealed to by people around him that are sentimental about relationships and things. So, like, we know that Natalie Keener's already there. She's already sentimental about relationships and she wants it, and but she's just been broken up with. She just left her job. She's you know, new city, new her, all that stuff. And I think maybe it's kind of the reverse that like, whereas up in the air is about Ryan Bingham learning to warm up a little bit. Uh, up in the air too. The Keen Town is yeah. is all about Keenan nope. uh, uh, and uh, she, okay, so she'll have a friend named Kel. <laughs> and, and it'll be Keener and Kel, and Keener it won't be copyright infringement at all. Nope. And uh, so they'll they'll um, drink grape soda. Yeah, grape soda. <laughs> no, uh, I, th- I think it'll be about her. It'll be a sad movie about her learning that she really is too positive mm. about these things, and how family is not as easy as just marrying somebody with the first name Jim or Steve or. a 
one syllable. Right. And she'll learn that it's like, maybe it's about chosen family that she has around her, or maybe she'll learn to deepen her relationship with her parents or something, but it won't, she will be spend the whole movie trying to find a new boyfriend and realize at the end that it isn't about finding a new boyfriend and trying to settle down because she likes that idea, but it's about being where you are and enjoying the things that life is giving you rather than trying to find that Rick. To yeah, get married to. Well, I don't think it would necessarily have to be sad. I think yeah, it could right. be. It could it be more sad. of like a. Um, she. It seems like her relationship with her boyfriend was very sort of codependent, and, and yeah. then and then her getting this new job through her relationship with Ryan Bingham. You know, mm-hmm. she she is constantly striving to prove herself. Like you can see throughout the whole movie, yeah. she really wants other people's approval. She really wants other people to care, and maybe maybe that comes from like a family dynamic. Maybe her family mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. like supportive enough and she's been trying her whole life to get that and maybe maybe the point of a movie about her would be learning to love herself for how she is and to you know you know forgive herself when she makes mistakes um that kind of thing i think could be and so maybe you know maybe she ends up with somebody maybe she doesn't maybe what's more Mm -hmm. but at the end what's more important is she is more self-actualized and less less stressed about uh the mm. possibility of losing her job maybe she loses her job again right or like yeah she, i mean she left the other company so it wasn't like right. she got fired from it she like, right she couldn't take it because that person killed themselves and that, she was yes like, nope never yep. mind I'm, uh, out. I'm out uh maybe yeah maybe she like she fucks up in some way and loses her job and she has to mm-hmm. sort of come to terms and maybe maybe she gets fired by ryan bingham <laughs> yes she gets fired by ryan bingham yeah <laughs> over skype though oh my god and what so, an amazing so twist that like, would be it's her it's just all comes back and she's yeah. like no i hate this it's true it sucks be in the room with me yeah yeah maybe, and maybe that's what makes her sort of like confront herself in a similar mm. fashion and like realize that like because I mean that Skype thing was her idea. Yeah. So if that program is then used against her and she sees how dehumanizing it can be mm-hmm. in the course of a film where she has struggled to prove herself, she's struggled with her own failures, she's very high strung, very self-critical. Uh and then maybe having that moment of confrontation and just going, "You know what? I need to forgive myself. I need to yeah. I need to understand what makes me a good person." And, you know, and own that and let that be good enough. I think that could be a very good movie. I think it could, actually. And I think that speaks to how they set her character up in contrast with the rest of the characters in the air. I think she's a full person and a very very character. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Huh. I was thinking about whether we could do one about Alex, and honestly, I don't think so. Or if you did, it would just kind of be like any other movie. I mean, we could, yeah. but I don't really see there being more interesting stuff to flesh out about yeah. Alex. Like you kind of learn the big secret about Alex and that's yeah, takes I, away a lot of the speculation about what her true. life is like. I guess I would wonder, however, about like, because we don't see too often in movies the kind of character that she is uh, as, a, as a woman. We see it right. more often as a man who's like disaffected at home and goes and sleeps with other people. It's sort of Don mm-hmm. Draper kind of thing. Yeah. We don't always get that other side. This is Don rarely. Draper, but D-A-W. Oh, Draper, yeah. yeah. Um, and so she's got this like ostensibly decent home life with two kids mm-hmm. and a, well, at least two kids. We saw a couple right. and yeah. then like a probably husband. two kids. Probably. That's how it works in these movies. Yeah. It would be like a nuclear family kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And yet she's going on the road all the time for this job. And she's like, she's got this long term relationship with someone uh, who it's purely sexual. Uh, yeah. And 
she's got all this other sort of personality is completely other side of herself that she doesn't let her family see and then the question becomes why and sure. also why? what happens if that comes to light you know sure. and maybe so, so it could be a lot like mad men but just with a female protagonist yeah exactly like you're you're watching someone that you don't agree with that you don't support that you're not you think like oh this is this is kind of an asshole maybe yeah but it's a woman which is, I mean, honestly, important because we need representation of women not just in good roles, but also in bad roles. Right. And I think there's also that added layer of like the way we expect women to be um, in, in, in society and in relationships and marriages. We expect a certain role and then to have to be confronted with a character who plays that role but then also completely yeah. ignores that role when she's away from her family right uh, i think would be really interesting um I, I mean there's the line that she says to ryan bingham alex says i'm like you but with a vagina yes yeah <laughs> well and she also says like i'm a very different person than i am when i'm at home yeah you know like like that was her normal life that's her safe life and then when she's on the road she like cuts loose and yeah. is free and not tied down and very very clune-esque yeah but he's like that all the time right and she has these two modes that she's in so that I, you know what you're right like you've, you've brought me around I, a, I do it, think it would be a compelling movie. i think it would be very similar to up in the air i think it would be like yeah. it would be a character study that i think would be and i don't know what the ultimate result of it would be i don't know if it would turn out that like she needs to reconnect with her family and settle down or if it's her family implodes and she kind of doesn't have anyone to blame but herself. Yeah. And she, yeah, I don't know where she would go from there, but yeah. that's also not for us. Yeah, to decide. Right. No, but that, um, I think that would be a cool movie. Yeah. That could be interesting. I think the movie that I really want to see is, yeah. uh, Sam Elliott as like uh, as like a magical uh, magical pilot magical, who like, like doles out wisdom, like me. <laughs> no, but maybe it's like maybe it's ev- it's seven short stories, short films of him meeting all of these different people yes. and like on maybe on planes that he's flying. Yeah, and maybe all of them have these sorts of weird existential crises as he meets them. Yes, uh, and like in different ways. <laughs> And he just like has like a magical realism kind of thing about him where he has to like sort of guide them to the next phase of their life or whatever. Yeah, totally. He's the guardian angel for sure. Like yeah. he's not actually real. Yeah, like, exactly. is the thing about that character is that's not that's an angel. That's exactly. It. That's yeah. not a person. That's exactly what I think would yeah. be fun. Yeah, that totally. would be an interesting yes, movie. Like it's a wonderful life. But like. <laughs> It's up in the air. It's it's a wonderful life, but it's following the angel. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's like, now what happens to The you, angel Clarence? is the protagonist. Like, fucking Clarence, what does he do? Yeah. Let's go And follow. then after he's done with Clarence, he goes to somebody else. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I love it. Oh, man. Yep. No, okay, cool. So, Sam Elliott, yes. I, I would like to see um, a sort of, like, Joey-style NBC comedy about the kid that uh that rents george clooney the car and says you forgot to use your hertz gold card because you forgot to give me your hertz gold motor. like yeah it was just yeah. like oh my god i loved that that was that so... guy because he really put his all into that line and i know there's more under the surface and i really want to get into what is driving him oh my god and that's what that's what the movie's called, it's what, called what's driving it's him? called drive <laughs> Oh my God, he's the, he's Ryan Gosling from yeah. Drive. That was this. That's a prequel. So like, Drive is a spinoff of Up in the Air oh because God. that was him at a younger time when he was working in rental cars, <laughs> and he was a lot more earnest, you know, a lot more. But that one, that moment, but that's really, where he got his that driving really, he experience. He really broke him when he when somebody 
that had so many rewards forgot to give him the Hertz Gold Pass member card. <laughs> and he was like, what does any of this even mean? Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't talk anymore. <laughs> and then drive happened. I shouldn't talk anymore, <laughs> except for like a couple words yeah. at a time. I'll mumble every now and then and hang out with a little kid. But for the most part, I'll just kill some people. Yeah, well, maybe in the course of renting people cars, he comes across like a lot of organized crime because they, they rent mm, a lot of cars yeah, to get rid of like yeah. bodies and shit. Burners. Yeah, burner burner like, cars, basically. And he, he they like pay him to look the other way and that's what yeah. gets him involved into sort of the criminal yep. underworld yes and then he snaps and he has to like he, he like becomes a driver for them and then it goes <laughs> sort of spirals from there yeah uh, oh my god that's, that's that's so good uh that's so good and then uh the theme song to that or the song that plays during the end credits of that movie is hurt by johnny cash but it's hurts <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like the I will same, make you hurt. Yeah, it's just the same song, except there's a dub of some other person saying the word hurts. Or, whenever or there's just a dub of a s at the end. <laughs> z- hurts. Hurts. <laughs> so doesn't I, even I, make any fucking <laughs> sense. But the kids love that song. Oh my god. Yeah, the kids love it. The kids. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think we, yeah. No. Last question about this context. Yes. Because uh, I think it's very applicable to this movie. Which <clears throat> which person that got fired would you want to see Ooh. a spinoff about? Of, of like what happened to them? Yeah. It I, would I, have to be J.K. Him Simmons. as a chef. Like That would be amazing. Yeah, totally. Oh, it would that be, character it would was be, so good. It would basically be Whiplash, but chef edition. <laughs> where he's just like... Yes. Yeah, he, he like takes other younger chefs under his wing, but then he like completely fucks yeah. them over. I think maybe it's a it like he works at a um at like a, a Mexican restaurant or something and uh and Is this gonna be a pun? Maybe. Alright, and it's let's see where this is going. Uh, and so and so like he's he's training someone to uh like the opening scene is like he's training somebody to work the fryer and they're like dropping tortillas in there and stuff and he's like, You gotta be better. I don't feel it, I don't feel the the fry and and then the title card comes up and it says Chiplash. That's that's the fun. You're welcome. Folks, I'd like to apologize for, I, I, I know a lot of things have come to light about David recently, his love of banana flavoring, uh, his, uh, his chip lash pun. <laughs> I'm, I hate to even say it because I know it's offensive to so many people, but I think we, it, it's important to own these things when they come up. Um, I'd like to issue a formal apology and, uh, hope we can just move past this dark time in our lives and and appreciate what life really has to offer <laughs> and the world and the world go home to your families just yeah, up in the air superlatives who won who lost and why okay this uh okay yeah okay well let's uh let's start with everyone's favorite category Hair. hair oh my god george Clooney always wins this category yeah he has such good hair you know when i was a kid um when batman and robin came out i got a haircut that day and i said give me the george clooney look. no and i swear to god for maybe the next five six seven years of my life every time i got a haircut i would ask for the george clooney oh look. every single <laughs> time How, so did- i have a personal connection with george clooney's <laughs> hair uh, so I might be a little biased in this so one. So do many straight women. <laughs> I might need to recuse myself from yeah, this category. Yeah, that's true. You're off this jury. Yeah. 
Uh, he definitely has great hair. I mean, he's he, he always will. I think until he dies, he will have amazing hair. Yeah. Um, I. Other than that, I mean, Jason Bateman also has pretty decent hair, but it's very normal. Yeah. It's not remarkable. It's just like well, thick no, and no nice. one's hair is really remarkable in this movie in any way. Danny McBride's Danny McBride's weird. is pretty weird. He's got yeah. that weird like kind of mullet going on that doesn't look good. Yeah, He's no, the hair loser. I'm gonna yeah, call it Yeah, I would right say now. that. I would say His that. His hair looks bad and he always has it that way. And it works when he's doing comedy. <laughs> but in this movie, he just looks like a dumpy guy. And I guess that was his character. So right. it worked for the character, but he, he looks, loses He the looks hair. super dumpy. He yeah. looks dumpy. Yeah, he looks super uh, dumpy. So he loses the hair for what sure. About, what about fashion? Fashion. Again, George Clooney, but let's say yeah. that not George Clooney. Right. Let's say uh, he's not an option. Okay, so uh, Jason Bateman's suits were bad. Uh, they did not fit very well. True. Uh, I did not like them. Uh, no, and especially true. in a movie that, like, he looked like he was dressing in the 90s, and George Clooney looked like he was dressing in the late 2000s. In the now. In the now. I mean, even, like, honestly, the way his suits were cut is, like, just as modern as 2018. Right. Like, he looked very, very good. Uh, so fashion-wise, I think I mean Alex always looks very sharp. George yeah, she Clooney does. always looks very sharp. She does. Most people in this movie just look kind of sharp. Yeah, I is would, the thing. It's yeah. a lot of business. Yeah, I mean until he goes back to Wisconsin, and then everybody just kind of looks like yeah. schlubs. Yeah, that's true. Again, I Danny McBride loses fashion. Yeah, that vest was stupid. It was terrible. <laughs> like he just really can't. He I did like that wedding dress actually. I, I thought, was gonna say, yeah, I thought, the it, was a, dress was I thought really it was cool. a very nice wedding dress. Yeah, 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 especially with like her face and her form. Like it just like worked really well. I feel so bad. I can never remember that actress's name, oh, and, yeah. and it's a shame because I think she's very good. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I always space on what her name is. Well, her name's Julie. So got oh my that. god. Um. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, let's see yeah. who had the best line. What's the best line oh, in the movie? No. What's your favorite line in the movie? Oof. That's a tough one. Uh, I know we already talked about the the guy talking about how he was dead. Right. That's a pretty great yeah, line. Yeah, that is my favorite line. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the best line delivery in the movie might be Zach Galifianakis at the beginning saying, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> like yes. just being like incredulous. Yeah. And he, like, he nails that and he's perfect for it. Yeah. Uh, because he's like almost crying and a little like on edge and but he knows it's funny yeah. because he's like a comedic actor. I I think he he's up there. He's up there for best line. He's up in for the sure. air. Yeah, he's up in the air for best line. For best line. Um, um I think you know it, it it's I think an underrated task that Anna Kendrick had to do where it's tough to play a character who is in the film reading from a script and so is meant to sound mm. stilted and uncomfortable mm-hmm. um and to then like also like to to feel like oh you're actually performing this well is the thing right it's like it's a tricky line to walk and i think she did very well yeah yeah um High i'd say strung, a little too tight yeah you know? yeah i'd say obviously we already discussed but the worst line in the movie has to be that one about stereotyping oh yeah absolutely no oh, please get that out of the that loses the that is a, the worst line oh, nobody should have put that in a, movie. a dreadful it's fucking it's just stupid moment i yeah and it wasn't oh yeah whatever we it was bad. Have, it was we're bad. not even gonna talk about it it's it bad, bad. It, was, it was just very bad right up bad yep um let's see i would say who like let's let's zoom it out a little bit okay and actually talk about like which characters won in this movie sure like did Alex win? 
Like, do, um, do you feel like Alex got what she wanted? I would say so. Yeah? Because, like, yes, she had to give up her relationship with George Clooney because he, you know, confronted her, came to her, and she didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time... Yeah, it was uncomfortable, but... Yeah. She didn't actually lose much. Right. She she still gets to keep her family. She still gets to keep that second life of herself on the road. Um, and she even, like, the way she even ends it with him is like you know give me a call the next time you're out and about just don't ever come visit me at home so like she's at least open to the possibility of still being able to be with george clooney and technically at the end we don't have a definitive answer that he'll never go back although i kind of feel like he won't i feel like he won't too i think that i think they imply that pretty heavily but um but i think overall he uh she gets what she wants for the most part yeah, I think so. I think George Clooney or Ryan Bingham loses. Yeah, uh, that, which we discussed earlier in a context. I think he definitely does not get what he wants because he he is getting what he wants for a while, and then what he wants kind of changes, and then that is the rug is kind of sort of swept out from under him, and right. he ends up losing in this movie. So he ends up not only not getting what he wanted at the beginning, he right. ends up not getting what he wants at the end. Well, yep. actually, no, I take that back. He, he does gets get what, what he wanted at the, the beginning, beginning, but it no longer is what he exactly. wants. Exactly. Yes. It's just super fascinating. Yeah. It, I think it's that's a cool character. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. Uh, and that is honestly very relatable. A lot yeah. of humans go through exactly that. They're like, I have what I want yeah. and I'm going to get what I want. But then I realize that it's not actually the thing. Um, Danny he does Mc... win, though. Yeah. Because he gets 10,000, 10 million miles. He does. Win. <laughs> he does. He does win <laughs> he in won. a sense. He got um, a secret goal. Yeah. Uh, Danny McBride wins because he still gets married after <laughs> yep. being kind of a putz. Yeah, but um, you know, I mean, he's a putz. Yeah. It's fine. I would say George Clooney's older sister kind of wins mm-hmm. because oh, yeah? she so? gets him to engage with the family in yeah, the way that's that she she, she ultimately that's wanted. True. She gets people to stay together yeah. and uh, really doesn't give up anything in the process. I mean, well, yeah, besides the fact that she's like separated from her husband. <laughs> Which is like oh this I didn't downer I like because she's like living in the hotel and she's like yeah we're on a trial separation it doesn't it's a loose end it doesn't really get tied up but oh, it's man. like oh I actually forgot about that it, line it was yeah. kind of a it was kind of like a quick kind of thing yeah it was quick and okay. they only mentioned it twice but in the other time that they mentioned it was George, uh, was Ryan Bingham saying oh maybe you could have used a little less attachment oh because it didn't work out so well for you because yeah you're getting divorced basically you're right i i, I Which is forgot that's a real dickish thing <laughs> that to maybe say. is worse of him to say than the racist thing like because that's just like a personal ass well attack. Like, there geez. was a there was that other one uh where anna kendrick's like you know who am i to give relationship advice and he's like no kidding like so <laughs> aggressive so about mean. it too it's not even like a casual like yeah, no kidding. Like, yeah. oh, it's funny. Yeah. Like, he's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> That's the way he delivers that line. It's rough. It's super mean. It's rough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I guess winners and losers. Alex probably wins. Yeah, yeah I would uh, say Alex generally wins. A lot of people do lose. Uh, I, uh, Natalie Keener definitely loses. Yeah. Uh, she goes in thinking we're going to do Skype. We're going to fire everybody. We're going to save a lot of money, uh, but it's going to be great. Everybody can be home for Christmas. And then it turns out that's not going to happen. And somebody kills themselves because of what she said. Yeah. And she quits her job. She does win by getting a nice letter of recommendation from Ryan. Bingham right. And she, she, she does get away from that relationship that obviously didn't that's work. True. That's true. Um, and she gets to go, gets to move on a bit and, yeah. and sort of grow up. But, but yeah, I would say her career aspirations definitely took a hit, but. I don't know. Uh, Maybe she, she like halfway. She loses she half right until the last yes. scene. And then she starts to win again. Well, and I think 
I think her character is very indicative of this movie's message about firing or like losing a job and then getting mm. getting back on your feet is like she she had to give up her ambitions and goals to move to Omaha with her boyfriend and then she loses that and then she loses she quits her job because like of a really fucked up thing that happened that <laughs> she blames herself for like it's it's mm. very heavy and she, she's at a very low point but that allows her the freedom to then move on to uh, 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 another job that ostensibly is more in line with her goals. Like the way they sort of conduct the interview, it sort of talks about like, you know, why did you get away from this thing and go to this other thing? It's like, yeah, yeah. It sounds like she's going back to what she had originally intended for herself. So it yeah. sounds like, I, I think ultimately she is emblematic of the way that losing can lead to victory later mm. or can lead to success mm-hmm. later on. which is the which is the whole point of this yeah. organization it's like hey get out there we're you're getting you're getting like go, well, but like it's get the out whole point there. of the pitch of this that's organization true. that's, true. that's their sales pitch Clear. it's not why they exist right they exist to fire that is fair <laughs> well i can tell you what my least favorite song choice in the movie was Ooh, okay and it was during the whole wedding sequence when they play help yourself yeah because that's a song that like its bones are solid like sure. i can enjoy it conceptually but it is so hard to listen to <laughs> because the singers uh, the, what is the opposite of harmony complete dissonance, dissonance they yeah. do not understand how to stay on pitch which yeah. is fine if it's one person but right. when they're like two people singing at the same time it is unlistenable to me and i know that's mean to say but like i hate it It it, it, and like i usually like that kind of music is why it drove me nuts when it was Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that it goes on for the like almost the whole song pretty much the whole scene it's so long and uh, anyway yeah, that's, uh, that was a rough one. I can't think of a song choice I actually liked in this movie. Oh, no, Bust and Move it. was pretty good. Oh, shit, yeah, Young MC was there. Yeah. That was pretty good. And I like that scene in general in terms of yeah. uh, how they all get to sort of relax. And I, and hope, then I hope he did happens. get someone to fix his computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- th- that poor guy. Oh, there we go. We could have a spinoff about Young MC and his quest <laughs> to get a fixed computer. <laughs> Like the only way he could think to do it is to go to all these like tech conferences and perform and, perform and ask on stage because it's too embarrassing to just like go he's, up to some another person. He's too self conscious about asking for yeah. help. He actually just shuts down completely when he's off stage. Like he can't summon. He has so much anxiety. That the only way that he can ever talk to anyone truly is by doing a show. And so this movie, yeah. is, we're going back to it because this is such a good. This is such a good idea. This movie is about young MC. Not being able to deal with any of his problems in real life. And so, like, he breaks up with somebody on stage. He's like, what's up, everybody? Brittany, we're not working out. Yeah. And then, like, there's, you know, he invites doctors to come. And he's like, hey, I've got this weird lump on my butt. What's up, y'all? Like, what could it mean? Bust a move. Like, I think that that would be an amazing comedic conceit for a movie. Oh, that's so good. Uh, A person that cannot deal with his problems except in the middle of live hype oh, shows. That's so good. The, the only problem is that then you'd have to listen to the song Bust a Move approximately a <laughs> hundred times. He only has the song Bust a Move. David, you said you had a dank nug for us. I do. I really want to hear that. Let me whip out my dank nug. So you know me. I love shots that last a second or two that are weird and maybe out of place in a movie. And I always want to know why the director left them in or the editor or whoever decided to leave them in, you know. Movies are complicated. Somebody left it in. 
So there's a scene about five minutes into this movie where he's on a plane and the waitress is pushing the cart and she asks him, do you want the cancer? And then she asks again, do you want the cancer? And then he's like, what do I want the cancer? And she says, do you want the can, sir? And he goes, oh, and he says, no. And first of all, that's the whole joke. Yep. <laughs> and it doesn't come up again. It's nope. not like it was foreshadowing for cancer. Yeah. Like, it's That's just there and it sucks. And there's no reason for the scene to be there. And I don't know why it was left in. The thing, the specific second that I love about that scene is when it focuses on George Clooney's face for like a beat after she moves on. And that facial expression to me says why is this joke in the movie? <laughs> like, George Clooney is realizing. He's like, like why? Wait, why, why is this, is this here? here? Yeah, why is, why is well, this here? Yeah, I wonder if maybe in the initial script there might have been some kind of like cancer-related yeah, subplot maybe. or like because he was worried about just that. garbage. Like it's yeah. lazy editing. There's no reason for it and it's not a funny joke. No. It's like, oh, you misunderstood cancer. Like, okay. Yeah. I don't... That's like a weird... Yeah, that is really weird. It, it really does... <laughs> feel like foreshadowing for something that yeah, never that doesn't comes happen up. yeah because oh, i mean i i did not remember this movie completely i texted christian during uh right after i watched it and i was like oh i forgot about the twist at the end where alex is married the whole time somehow i just sort of remembered the the part where he fires everyone and i completely forgot the part at the end <laughs> so i was like well maybe i also forgot that there was a cancer thing there is no cancer thing it's just there in the beginning and then it's not I think it's probably the worst part of this movie. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, that is really irritating. But it's just a little guy. Cool. Great. Yeah. Hey, well, we talked about Up in the Air today. We did that. What did we talk about? We talked about Up in the Air. We gave out some superlatives. <laughs> we gave out a lot of superlatives. We did. We, uh, we, we talked, talked about, about tr- some spinoffs, which I think would be a lot mm-hmm. of fun. We talked about the true meaning of Christmas. Oh, the true meaning of Christmas. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think overall, uh, strong film. Um, that yeah. has a lot to say and is very uplifting while also being very challenging. Mm. Uh, I think that'll do it for us this time around on Contextual Deviance. Uh, my name is Christian Hagen. Joining me as always, David Gutchie. Uh, David, do you have anything you'd like to plug? And I know the answer, but I ask anyway. My butt and the hypothetic ass. Yeah, my butt and the yeah. hypothetic ass. <laughs> <laughs> the buddy cop movie that you've all been waiting for. Uh, uh. Pounded in the butt by my own hypothetical. I, I haven't listened to to that Ooh, podcast yet. I would plug Chuck Tingle's podcast. Pounded uh, in the butt by my own podcast. Mm-hmm, it's, it's so great. It's very funny. I haven't listened yet, but I'm very excited. Uh, I would I would say since I'm recommending podcasts about porn, uh, Chuck Tingle's Pounded in the Butt by My Own Podcast is very good. Also, my dad wrote a porno. I started listening to it, and it is hilarious. Yeah, the hosts have a great rapport. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out. Not quite as good. As the hypothetical, <laughs> which you should also listen to, and I am on and produce yeah. and all that stuff. My thing, that's my. I, thing. I have to that's dive back into my dad wrote a porno because when I started it, it was like they kept interrupting him too often, yes. and I really wanted to just hear. This, I just want to hear it. I want to hear this right. story his dad yeah. wrote. Yeah, but uh, but I did enjoy their rapport, and I, yeah. I would like to get back into it. I've also been listening to a lot of Crime Town. Oh yeah. Oh shit, that show's good. Mm-hmm. So I've good. thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it. Gimlet yeah. does good work. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's another one. So, so to. there's some, there's some. Oh yeah, there's some podcasts that you can go listen to after yeah. this one. <laughs> yes, after after our show. 
Um, and yeah, reach out to us, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you know, we're at text deviants on, on Twitter, contextual deviants on Facebook, obviously email us at contextual deviants at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. You know, we, we love to get feedback from people. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Uh, any suggestions for movies you think we should do, uh, context you think we should add to the contextual computer. Um, you know, we're always looking for more, more ideas you know, uh, and, and just sort of engagement, just, just, just reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and we're very grateful to you for listening. David, did you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Why won't the cathedral irritate the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Contextual Deviance. You can find more information about us online at our website, contextualdeviance.wordpress.com. You can tweet at us at textdeviance. You can email us at contextualdeviance at gmail.com. Thanks to Minneapolis's own The Badman for the use of their song Gun Tonic off the album Ain't Clean. This has been Contextual Deviance. My name is Christian Hagen, and have a nice day. Have a nice day! Uh, passengers, this is your captain speaking. Uh, have you seen Up in the Air? Uh, hey, hey, passengers, uh, uh... Hey, passengers, it's me, uh, uh Sam Elliott. Uh, <laughs> Sam- <laughs> hey, uh... Yeah, oh, bros. Hey, hey, it's me, hey. Sam Elliott, bro. Oh my god, it's me, Sam. I'm gonna butt on this fucking plane. Hey, did you hear about the dude? <laughs> hey, did you hear about that guy? Did you hear about the dude that sh- who buys and, and stuff? <laughs> hey, have you seen up in the air? Have you seen up in the air? Why are we getting older, too, as hey, we're doing it? Have you fucking I, seen up in the air? Have you fucking seen up in the air? I used to be a bro, and I would drink from my butt. Have you seen up in the air? Magic. <laughs> it's getting into Gandalf territory. Have you seen up Have in the air? Have you seen up in the air? Frodo Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Do not take me for some conjurer of cheap shit. <laughs> Butt chugging. Borgle <laughs> <You>, it. Pork. <laughs> All the hits. Oh my god. Um... Anything in there that you can use? Probably Christ. not. No, definitely not. Um, hey, have you seen Up in the Air? Let's. Uh, <laughs> it's so boring. No, here, here. I'll be the Foley, and you be the captain. Okay. Bing bong. Hi. <laughs> no. Oh, I thought it was You're a doorbell. You're doing the announcement. <laughs> I thought it was a doorbell. <laughs> I was like, oh hi. Oh hello. <laughs> Do you need to answer that? Nah, fuck it. Okay, cool. Um, okay, take two. I'm the Foley. You're the captain doing an announcement on the plane about gotcha. up in the air. Gotcha. Bing bong. This is your captain speaking. We are flying at 35. No, this is the sound of the plane. Is that a sound of a plane from the inside of a plane? Okay. <laughs> it, okay, one more time. It really sounds like a cat on a, on a race car. Cat on a hot tin roof of a plane. <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> Fuck it. <clears throat> oh no. Now we're in it. Okay. Bing bong. <laughs> I knew that was I knew you were gonna be able to hold it. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so dumb, Ooh. I love it. Alright. Okay. I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna look. No. It's worse. <laughs> I'm never gonna get a clean take a bing bong I can't bing bong
Bing bong. This is your captain speaking. We're at 3,500 feet, and it's time to uh, ask you the most important question that we ask on every flight on this airline. Have you seen up in the air? Let's talk about it. Bing bong. <laughs> Bing bong. I don't know what happens after that. I don't know what happens. Russell of magazine. Russell of magazine. Russell. Hi, I'm Russell of magazine. <laughs> of magazine. You may have seen me in movies like Big Trouble in Little Magazine.